The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars' popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymore, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, Do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. The Light of Norway My name is Rana. I was present when Olaf Haraldsson was born, when he was baptized, when he died. I served under him at sea. He was brought up as most princes of the royal line. We were always at war with the Danes. When they invaded England, Olaf fought on the side of Ethelred and distinguished himself in the defense of London. Then we set out on raiding expeditions along the coast of France as far south as Gibraltar. The Mediterranean was calm and inviting. Our ships lay at anchor as Olaf was deciding whether to sail into it as far, perhaps, as Jerusalem. He stood at the bow seemingly lost in thought. You've come to ask me what course to take. The wind is fair, the sea calm, the men ready. Hmm. You know, I had a dream last night, Ronald. A tall man, terrible in appearance, stood before me. He pointed to the north and said, Return to your estate, for you shall become Norway's king to all eternity. And now, because of my dream, I've not given the order. Do you believe in dreams, Runner? I do in this one of yours, Olaf. That I can win the kingdom of Norway and that my descendants shall rule after me. 
The time has come to tell you about your birth. What's there to tell? My mother, Asta, daughter of Gudbrankula, married Harald Grenske. And I was born at my grandfather's manor. True enough. But your mother's father hated Grenske. When you were born, he ordered his servants to take you from your bed and put you outside to die. They hated your father so much. I remember him as a stubborn man. In vain, your mother and I pleaded with him. I prayed for you. I prophesied you would be a great man and bring him renown. And where did this prophecy come from? I made it up. He paid no attention. When night came, I thought I heard you crying. I crept out of the house. A bright light was shining over you. I ran back and convinced Gudbrand to come out and see it. While we stood looking at the light, it grew brighter and brighter until it was blinding. Gudbrand permitted me to take you back to your mother. So, I owe you my life, Anna. Not to me, but to the light. Why was I never told this before? Your mother didn't want you to ever think ill of her father. Ah. I'm glad then I was never told. Olaf, how sad that your own father was killed in Sweden before you were born. Rana, you've looked after me as if you were my true father. I am your godfather. Is it true that great Olaf Tryggvason held me when I was baptized? Yes. You were three years old when he came to visit your mother. What was he like then? Well, a man racing against time. It's told he believed the year 1000 would bring the end of the world God had revealed. And that every person in Norway must be baptized. It was then 997 and much of Norway was still pagan. Mm. So that's why he used harsh methods in the north. He wanted to save them. Mm. When he heard you hadn't been baptized, he arranged for it at once. He held you while the priest performed the ceremony. I held the lighted taper. Signal all ships to up anchor and sails. The course. North by west until we clear the coast of Spain. Then due north. sailed north into the English Channel, then up the Seine River to Rouen, where he was confirmed by the Archbishop. It was the spring of 1015 when he left, taking with him Bishop Rudolph and a number of priests. Newt was now king of the Danes and had persuaded Eric Lade Jarl, the most powerful of all Norway's Jarls, to help him in attacking England. We sailed to England, and there Olaf prepared plans based on reports of conditions in Norway. I've talked to a number of priests who have just returned from Norway. And what do they report, Excellency? Since the fall of Olaf Tryggvason, many in the north have reverted to paganism. His church at the mouth of the Nid is in ruins. 
The Jarls and petty kings are Christian, at least in name, but allow each man to keep his own belief. In the interior, inhabitants have hardly been touched by the faith. What are the conditions in the south? The missionaries have made some progress, but most of the people still worship their idols and their house gods. What do your priests tell of the condition of the landholders and yeomen? There's great resentment against the Jarls and petty chiefs who quarrel among themselves as to which will collect taxes. As a result, a man may be taxed by one and then by another who overthrows him. Do you think these are the people who would rally to a united Norway under one king? I'm sure of it. If you could free them from the tyranny of the local kings and chiefs, those who have accepted the idea of a oneness of God will find it logical to accept the oneness of one country and of one ruler. One country under one God. They go hand in hand. May I speak, Olaf? Of course, Rana, you know I value your advice. It's true, as Bishop Rudolph says, that the new faith and unity of the country go hand in hand, but one must come first. I think unity of country can be achieved more easily and quickly. But what of the faith? That will come more easily once the country is unified. To try to do both at the same time will delay both. How so? The Jarls, many of whom are Christian, will oppose you as king. The people inland, the yeomen and landholders, will be glad to drive out the Jarls, but will oppose the faith. Yes. Rana is right. But, Olaf, we must profit by the mistakes of Olaf Tryggvason. He was so intent on converting the North, the unity he had achieved in the South fell away when he sorely needed their support. Excellency, have no fear. If I'm to be king of Norway, my people will be Christian. Very well, Olaf. I bow to your decision. When shall we say it? When Newt and his forces are three days out from the English coast. The longboats are ready to sail on instant notice. We're not going in the longboats. What? And how? I'll take 120 warriors in two merchant ships. You expect to conquer Norway with this meager force? Not to conquer, Excellency, but to win men to our cause by persuasion. If men within the country will not support me, then a united Norway is only a dream. We come in... Merchants' ships that the people may know we're not Vikings with ships laden with plunder, but Norsemen returning to their homeland to fight and die if need be to make it a nation. It was late autumn when we learned that Newt was approaching. As we put out to sea in the slow merchant ships, I sensed that the day of the Viking was passing. We were headed for the fjord, but the storm drove us off course, north to the Selja Island. We attempted a landing at Trondelag, but the forces of Jarl Sven and his allies were too strong. We sailed south to Viken, where Olaf left the ship to visit his mother and stepfather. He was away so long... I began to fear something had happened to him. I was about to take a search party north when he returned. Thank God you've returned safely. And with great news. 
My mother blesses you, Rana, for your concern for me. And your stepfather, how is he? All's well between us. When I told him why I had come, he arranged a meeting of the petty kings of the region. He spoke to them so forcefully and with such conviction that they agreed to accept me as their overlord. Will they accept the faith? I spoke at length about it, but did not press them. I told them I would build churches and send priests who would offer instruction. There were some grumbling, and I warned them anyone who harmed a priest would answer to me. You've met with astonishing luck. Let's pray it holds when you go north. That's where the people have returned to the sacrificial feasts. I'll deal with the idolaters at the proper time. But first, I must become king of all Norway. I've had remarkable support here, but who knows what lies ahead in Trondelag, where Jarl Svein and an Erling are powerful. But aren't these Jarls Christian? Yes, but they're not going to surrender any of their power to another Christian. They'll fight. You may depend on that, Excellency. Trundelag and received support from the yeomen and small landowners. He began to repair the church and other buildings at Nidaros. Sven came upon him with superior forces and Olaf had to take to the sea. The following spring, on Palm Sunday 1016, he destroyed the Jarl's fleet and Sven fled the country. Erling was obliged to acknowledge Olaf as his new overlord. Why do you come and stir up the yeomen against their betters? If they support me, it's because they resent their present rulers. And do you intend to put them in our place and be the rulers? They must have a voice, since they are the many in Norway. I remember another Olaf who came boasting of a Norway united under him and his god. He forced all to be baptized. But when he was no more, the people forgot. It will be the same with you. Then I shall stir their memories again. You should begin with Dala Gudbrand. Who is he? He governs the richest valley in central Norway. And why should I begin with him? He is not only the leader in war, but is also the high priest at the pagan ceremonies. And while I'm engaged with this heathen chief, will you be plotting with the Danes against me? You well know King Newt sent his full forces to conquer England. Very well. I'll leave Nidoros. But I'm leaving trusted men here. Any disloyalty and I'll be back. Have I not pledged my allegiance? Somewhat unwillingly, Erling. And you've just informed me men in this region have short memories... When I'm gone, the people will turn back to their old ways. What is to be done? It need not be so. Tell me what should be done. Learn from the example of the church in other lands. Though many kings have lived and died, it has remained for over a thousand years. 
And that has come about because, in addition to abiding faith in Christ, the church has established law that is the same everywhere. A Christian traveling from Alexandria to Ireland can kneel in any church and know God's word is the same. And in Norway, one can travel the length of it and never know what edict to expect from one Jarl's domain to the next. Nor which of the pagan gods is in favor or what the sacrifice is to be. Unification of the country and of its religion should go hand in hand, Olaf. We talked of this before. Mm. And you said unity of country should come first. And have I not won allegiances and built churches from one end of Norway to the other? There are no churches or priests in Dala Gudbrand's Valley. We go there now. Before I leave, he'll acknowledge me as his king. Should he not first acknowledge Christ as his king? left our ships in the Ramsdal Fjord and moved inland toward Hundorp. Halfway down the valley, we were engaged by an army under Dalagudbrand's son, sent north by his father when he learned Olaf was marching toward his stronghold. The enemy was routed, the boy captured. Son of Dalla Gudbrand, listen well. Your army has fled. Go back to your father. I sent him greetings. Tell him I'll follow you in a few days, and I wish to hold a council with the farmers. Go. You are free. Deliver the message. I am Dala Gudbrand. I am king of the valley. Some years ago, far to the south, a man came to me in a dream and said, return to your estate and you shall become Norway's king. I returned. It has come to pass. I left Norway as a Viking. And when I returned, I had more than treasure. I came with priests who had taught me the Christian faith. To the far north, I told the people of this faith. They have broken down their heathen temples. Now they believe in the true God who has made heaven and earth and who knows all things. Only in this valley are images still worshipped. I ask you, too, to accept the true God. We don't know him of whom you speak. You called God one whom neither you nor anyone else has ever seen. Today, he's not here. We have a God we can see every day. And where is this God? He is in his shelter for the weather's too wet. You'll see him in good time. He's big and terrifying. And I think you'll be full of fear when he comes to this council. 
And when will this be? Tomorrow, perhaps. Tomorrow? The weather may still be wet. But surely you can get your God to show his power by making the sunshine so that Tor can attend. Cannot your mighty Tor bring his own sunshine? Let your God show what he can do. Then Tor will answer. Let it be so. Have Tor here just before sunrise tomorrow. There will be no sun tomorrow. What do you intend to do? If it rains tomorrow, they'll laugh us out of the valley. Pray for a clear day. That is all we need to do. We shall pray, and God will answer us. King Olaf. I think today he must be much down at the mouth. And you seem not so haughty as yesterday. And neither is he whom you call Bishop. For now our God has come, and you can see him. He rules over all, and he looks at you with keen eyes. Dollar well, Gudbrand, you drag this statue with 40 men. The true God moves from place to place like the wind, without help from man. He is everywhere at once. Though invisible to man, he is a living God. Your God is but a statue without life. That's not true. Our God lives. There is no sign of the sun. Wait. Look to the east. Our God comes, clothed in sunlight. Give the signal. My people, see what your God is made of. Gather up the gold and treasure lying about and take it home to your women. But never again offer sacrifice to woods and stones. This is a terrible thing to see a god destroyed before one's eyes. What are we to do without our god? You have a god. Accept the god who has had the wisdom and the mercy to show you the falseness of man-made images. Leave the valley. Let us think about what has happened. When you come back, perhaps we can give an answer. The Danes have conquered England, 
and are gathering to the south. When I leave, I may never return. Here and now, I give you a choice. What choice? Your people become Christian or fight me. And let the victory be to whomever God will give it. This was a decisive meeting in the conversion of Norway. The people accepted Christianity without fighting. And Dalla Gudbrand built a church in the valley. The last and most stubborn outpost of paganism had been converted. But Olaf knew more was needed to maintain the faith when he was dead. Excellency, as you once suggested, a code of laws must be drafted to replace old tenets. They will remind each individual he is a Christian living in a Christian land. Let there be clauses establishing the right of the church and the position of the priesthood in the community. Yes, it shall be done. Parents must be denied the right to rid themselves of unwanted children. And there's the keeping of the Sabbath, fidelity of marriage, and... Yes. Yes, it shall all be done. Let this be the opening words of the code. This is the beginning of our law, that we shall bow to the East and pray the Holy Christ for peace and good years, that our land be well populated, and that we may be faithful to our King. May he be our friend and we his. And may God be the friend of us all. Such was the beginning of the law of Olaf, and which endured after he was slain at the Battle of Stiegelstad, fought against odds after the Danes had taken control of most of Norway. And in his death, the folk learned of all he had done for them. And they mourned for him. And they knelt at his shrine and prayed him to ask God to be the friend of all. listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, 
and bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymoor for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV-AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony Shrine Graymore, attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need, please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org. You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement, Graymore, Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen.